where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Time now for the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Post Game Show. Right here on ESPN Louisville. Cards Basketball is also presented by UofL Health. Making the impossible possible. That's the power of you. Kelly Jobs, the employment solution experts. Kellyjobs.com. Bear Nose Pizza. Yeah, it's that good. Cox's Spirit Shop and Evergreen Liquors. Louisville's neighborhood liquor store. UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobsky.com. And Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Now, here's your host, Ethan Moore. Good evening and welcome into your Coors Light Louisville basketball postgame show. I'm Ethan Moore. The cards fall yet again this season, 83-69 to to Duke. Cards fall to 6-13 on the year, 1-7 in the ACC. And the losses are piling up and it's almost hard to keep track of them yet again this year. More of the same. It was almost, it wasn't quite a carbon copy of... The Louisville-North Carolina game, but there were some similarities. Uh, Louisville got down big by as many as 18 points. They battled back to the same margin of five, just kind of like they did at UNC. They were down to the Tar Heels by 20, cut it to five, 55 to 50. This game, they were down 18, cut it to five, 58-53. But, you know, if you watch the game from start to finish, I mean, Louisville – I mean, they played okay, but like I mentioned on Twitter a little bit ago, like I I am sick and tired of hearing about, well, they came back. Uh, They fought. Um, It was a competitive game. This team showed some fight. I am so over that. We are 19 games in, eight games into the conference, I allowed that rationale, that reason to fly for the first two games of the year. UMBC and Chattanooga. Those were the first two games and the only two games where I would listen to. It was competitive. They played hard. They didn't quit. There's another one. They didn't quit. I'm I'm sick of hearing about that. They lost. Again, under KP. Louisville is 10 and 41. They are 3 and 25 in the ACC, not including 0 and 1 in the ACC tournament. And they, uh, out of the 41 losses under Payne, 27 of them 
have come by double digits. I mean, when you say that out loud, like I wanted to throw up in my mouth. 10 and 41. Had a couple friends at the game tonight. They were texting me. Um, a couple Duke fans in attendance, and, and they were like, um, this crowd is, is, you know, there's not very many people here. I'm like, well, this was one of the better crowds in the Kenny Payne era. What are you talking about? But this is where we are yet again. And it's just it's so frustrating. Um, <clears throat> you know, from, from the rest of the, the way here on out, like, we're not going to be talking about how they played hard. We're not going to be giving them props for battling back from a from a deficit that you shouldn't have got in in the first place. Um, you know, there was a, a couple of bright spots. I mean, Brandon Hunley Hatfield, he balled out absolutely. Uh, once again, his fifth double-double over his last 10 games. BHH, 37 minutes, was 9 of 13 from the field, 2 of 5 from the foul line. Um Grabbed 11 rebounds, including four offensive, and put up 20 points. So 20 and 11 is a great stat line. And he is your Juan Gomez insurance player of the game. BHH, once again, posting yet another double-double. You know, you had Mike James played okay. Um, He did his thing from the foul line, going 6 of 8. Uh, Sky Clark played okay, 13 points. Tyler Johnson had a pretty solid game off the bench, uh, 10 points, six of six from the foul line. Didn't have an didn't have an assist. <clears throat> Excuse me, was really aggressive. Uh, did have four fouls though, so you know you can find a couple of bright spots uh, when you're talking about you know specific players. Um, let's give Zan Payne his props, huh? I mean, he had, you know, again, it wasn't it wasn't his fault that his dad started him um, against Wake Forest, and he played 17 minutes on Saturday. But you know what? He came in today, drew a couple of charges, got a steal, dove on the floor. Um, so that that was nice to see. I was glad, you know, that he actually attempted a three. He was wide open. Um, you know, I was hoping that would go in for him. It kind of bounced around on the rim a couple times before it fell off. But... You know what? Zan Payne is your BJ Heating and Cooling Defensive Player of the Game. Call the experts you can trust at bjheatcool.com. Also, BHH is 20 and 11. That is your landing paints points in the paint. Uh, looks like Manny Core uh, 4 will be uh, potentially ready to go against Virginia on Saturday. <clears throat> and in the, you know, the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, but this Virginia team is certainly beatable away from Charlottesville. They've only won one game. And the one lone ACC win on the road for them was at Georgia Tech. So, potentially, um, Louisville maybe could get a win. Um, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but um, my wife's birthday is this weekend, and she wants to lust after Tony Bennett, so we're going to go to that game. I'm going to cheer on the cards. Hopefully they win. Um, but the countdown is on, ladies and gentlemen. How, how many more weeks of the season? Six, seven? You know, I, I'm like you, uh, the vast majority of you, I should say. Uh, the countdown is on for a coaching change 24 to 48 hours after 
whatever uh, the loss occurs in the ACC tournament. We're ready to move on. Um, you know, this is obviously a failed experiment. Um, you know, Coach Payne has had his time. Uh, you know, people say he needs to have time. You need to give him some time. Okay, well, he has this season. He has one more game and uh, a couple more games in January than he has February and, his, and he has March. So anybody out there, you know, talking about him needing some time, that there's his time. And I think we all know where this is going. Again, before we open up the phone lines, 8150-939. Under Kenny Payne, Louisville basketball is 10-41, and 3-25 in the ACC. And out of the 41 losses, 27 of them have come by double digits. Ethan, I think we got to make it 6-41 and because last year didn't count. So I think those wins should not count on his record. Okay. Oh, well. Then you know, I guess the is he Spence is he is he setting the world on fire with you know Not six and thirteen and one and seven in the ACC? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's it, and then again, it's the off the court stuff. It's just the odd press conference statements that he makes that it just makes things worse. Um, you know, defense again. I think Louisville was bailed out because Duke missed a lot of wide open shots. From three, uh, if we're going to run down the stats here, I mean, you know, people were talking about there for a stretch maybe a couple of weeks ago. Oh, the defense is better. Well, I mean, is it the defense better or are their opponents just missing open shots? That was the case for Duke today. Now, they shot a respectable forty-six percent. I tell you what, the Cards shot forty-six point two percent, twenty-four of fifty-two from the field. Where the Cards, the Blue Devils, twenty-nine of sixty-three. Uh, Duke shot at respectable 36% from three, nine of 25. But if you watch the game, how many wide open threes did Duke miss? I mean, at least 10, right? I mean, and once again, Louisville gets caught on those high ball screens, those slip screens. Um, you know, when they, if, if the cards are playing a very good passing team, then from the perimeter defense perspective, it's a wrap. Because if a team can can rotate the basketball quickly, like UNC did, like Wake Forest did, they put on a clinic. But even tonight, you know, Duke was 9 of 25. Again, 36% is not bad. But, like, they got wide open looks time after time because on those picks, they're still not communicating. You know, they're still not communicating. And Coach Payne... Uh, at his press conference, was talking about, um, you know, in order for us to 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 close the gap, in order for us to to get over the hump, um, we've got to communicate better, and we've got you know, he's talking about things that you would talk about like in October, November. So you know, in his press conference, that is brought to you by. U of L Health making the impossible possible. That is the power of you. He was talking about doing the little things to get over the hump, but this is almost February. There's no more time to get over the hump. Like you should have already done that in the non conference schedule that ranked 313 in the Ken Palm. That was your time to get over the hump and to show some improvement. But alas, that is not, that is not. The case here. 
So we can open up the phone lines here. 8150-939 is the number. Spence, who do we have up? Uh, who do we have on the line first? First up is Harold. Harold, what's going on, man, from the West Coast? I see you. What's up, Ethan? You doing all right? More of the same. Yes, sir, man. More of the same, didn't it? More of the same. What I'm going to say is this team fought, right? And we still lost. Uh, this team got yes. to the free throw line, and we still lost. Mm-hmm. This, But this team didn't really do – this team played somewhat better defense. Somewhat. And I say somewhat mm-hmm. because to start the game, they weren't. Like yeah. you said, there was a lot of wide-open threes that were missed. But then they also did do some good stuff to put some runs together, right? But yeah. here's the thing that, that really just, I guess you could say, sticks in my craw. How is it we go into the half down 18, go on some runs, get it down to five points, and then lose the game by 14? That's not progress to me. That's not progress no. at all. And so, you know, I think that's the problem. We're on a treadmill. We're, we're gerbils in a gerbil cage, and we're just running around that little hamster wheel. Like in your classroom. When you had your first classroom, you had that first class, class gerbil, and all the kids used to just watch it run, and run, run around, run around. That's Louisville basketball the past two seasons. We're on a hamster wheel, not going anywhere, anywhere at all. But guess what? It, it, if, you were to listen, if you were to listen to the hamsters – they're going everywhere. If only, if only the wheel would move to a half inch to the left or a half inch to the right, then the hamster would get exactly where it wants to be. And we're beyond that. Like you said, we are 100% beyond that. Either you're executing or you're not at this point. Either you get it or you don't at this point. Yeah. And it looks like we get certain things. I mean, like we get some ball movement, right? Like, it's just really sad that the stuff we're some of the some of the things that we want to be happy about now, a aren't resulting in wins, and b didn't happen when it could have resulted in wins. So, you know, I, I'm gonna go ahead and continue to cheer on. I'll find the positive. I'll enjoy the positive. But when the results are the same, it's hard to focus on the positive because at the end of the day, the results are the same, and it boils down to defense. Our defense. While they do some good stuff, is atrocious. They scored forty-five points in the first half. Forty-five points. You know, and we we were missing free throws left and right. And you you tell me that's the key, but we're not doing it. So, you know, that it's just disappointing. It's disappointing to see the fight and still lose. It's disappointing to not see the keys happen and, and we, we lose. You know, it's not about talent. It's about us not executing. So, y'all have a good night. Let's go, cards. And, um, you know, let, let's continue to do something and hopefully we can catch Virginia. Maybe. Maybe. And this is it, Harold. Thanks for the phone call, man. <clears throat> if Louisville can't beat Virginia Saturday, I don't know when it's going to happen. I mean, Bob, at the end of the broadcast, he, may, he said it best. I mean, this is not one of Tony Bennett's better teams, uh, especially away from their home arena. Um, and they, they've been blown out. There's been at least three road losses where Virginia lost by 20-plus points. I mean, that's never happened um, in the last, I want to say, what, decade under Tony Bennett? But that's already happened three times. Well, I'll take that back. I think one of the losses – um, was by 19, so you can round up. But my point is there's been at least three losses away from 
Charlottesville, well, they've just been blown out. Um, they have some. They've they've had a couple of questionable losses as well. As well, um, they seem to play, be playing a little bit better still defensively. Um, you know, uh, they get after you uh, offensively. They're kind of boring. They do have. Uh, I think they're starting five is pretty talented. But again, like, what's it matter? I mean, right? For 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 the sake of the program. If, you know, I still feel, and I've said this numerous times, that Louisville's going to win some more games this year. I, I don't see them going anywhere close to, like, over for the rest of the year. I think they're going to win um, a few more games. Now, how many is that? Three or four? Probably. I mean, you do have Georgia Tech at home. You do have Notre Dame. You know, and then there could be a game where they get hot like they did against Miami. And win a game that they shouldn't to begin with. So, but regardless, I mean, like Harold said, we're just spinning our wheels. It doesn't really matter. You know, it. You, you can project out to the schedule, but why, right? I mean, you know, we're talking about how many more weeks in the season so we can find another new coach. And, and I want to get to a point where, you know, after that, we, we can talk about the games. We can talk about – and you're more than welcome to still, if you want to break down tonight's game – um, as Louisville um, is a 83-69 to 69 loser to Duke tonight, feel free. But I think, by and large, more people are, are focusing on who is who's the next coach going to be. You know, I, I do think, and there was, a, you know, of course, a lot of scuttlebutt uh, over the Christmas holiday. The coach Payne was, they were going to, he was, they were going to part ways. Uh, that obviously was not the case. And I... Again, I think that Louisville is going to lose the vast majority of the rest of their games, but I think Payne's going to be there for the rest of the season. Um, and then they're, I'm fully expecting a coaching change to be announced, you know, shortly after whenever we lose in the ACC tournament. And right now, your Louisville Cardinals, our Louisville Cardinals, um, you guessed it, is a 15th seed. We'll be playing... Um, if the, the tournament started tomorrow, they would be a 15 seed playing on Tuesday in the Day of Shame in the ACC tournament again under this coaching staff. So that is where we are, unfortunately. It's a sad state of affairs. But you know what, guys? We're going to get through this together. 8150-939 is the number. You're listening to the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Postgame Show. Loyal Lawrence is up next on the program. What's going on, boss? What up, these man? Man. You know, it Rinse was and a repeat. lot of things. You know, even it was a lot of things I said before the season started. And when Kenny Payne signed his class and um got these transfers, I said, I guess I just gotta see what they do the first thirteen games before they play Kentucky. And we saw what this team was made of in those first thirteen mm-hmm. games. Was I wrong about that? Nope. Now You're tonight. Wrong. And I also, I also said this, too. Offensively, they're going to be there. But I got to see what they do defensively and what kind of fundamentals that the, the team going to have. And tonight we saw them play decent enough defense. But how many times did Duke get second chances on the offensive end? Oh, every man. time, Every time it seemed like we would play – um, at least good enough defense. It was always Duke players getting a second chance, second or third chance to get get a shot up. And when they did you know, miss the shot, they got to the foul line. 
little things like that kind of piss me off. I don't blame you. If, if you're gonna go out there and play the way you're gonna play, and play the and play um probably what C plus off defense, then then rebound, do the fundamental things to help mm. win the game. Lawrence, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you even more mad here. Second chance points. Duke twenty one, Louisville eleven, rebounding. Uh, this was this was the most dominant stat. Duke out rebounded the cars forty three to twenty eight, including fifteen to seven on the offensive glass. To your point, yeah. Bad, bad business right there. Like I'm watching shots go up. I see Duke players all around the rim. I see one little play at the rim. That's Brandon. I'm like, what? What is White doing? What is Michael Mike doing? What is those guys doing to stick this, this living on perimeter right now? Man, Lawrence, Mike gave how many threes did Mike give up? Especially in the first half. I mean, whatever type of defense they were in, he was the one that was not rotating quick enough and was not getting out to contest the 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 jump shooters for Duke. Uh, it was. He was getting you're torched about, you're with about that how, ball you're reversal. How, are you also talking about how the guards are playing off on the, on the Duke guard too? Yep, they playing two like three feet off for them. Like, why are you getting up on your man? Why aren't you being physical with your man? Like, question. of course, of course, you're telling me you can't you can't get past the pick and roll. You can't hard hard a uh, hard left on pick and roll, hard right on pick and roll. You're just gonna let just let the man wall you up. That's how they were getting wild from three pointers defense. And plus mm-hmm. you got a, like Brandon. Why would you let why would you let your um small guard get outdone by, by a six nine guy? You're supposed to help out on defense. <laughs> I don't know if Brandon's just trying to stay in the game because he don't want to get in foul trouble or what. Lawrence, I, I think that's a direct. That's a direct. Um, you can. Co- that's a direct correlation to the lack of instruction and the lack of coaching going on from the staff. We are still clueless on the defensive side, whether it's in transition or whether it's in a half in half court sets. There's no. And KP mentioned that in his post game presser. He was talking about we have to learn how to communicate. Well. The next game you play is going to be the 20th game of the season. Um, that should have already been taking place. Yeah, to your point, that's that's where we are, though, man. Like, we're making the same mistakes over and over again. I don't think the players know exactly what to do on defense because it looks that way. If they're not communicating, you're not rotating. This you know, is why. There's, how, how, many, why. Lawrence, how many times under, under Kenny Payne, coach basketball team, does a team just run a simple – slip screen, and how many wide-open dunks has this team given up over the past year and a half? I don't know. I lost count when Duke had, what, seven dunks easily tonight. Mm, yep. Um, I, like, that's why Kenny sort of got in the transfer portal and added some veteran, veteran guys to the, to the team because veterans understand – how to play defense. Reverend understand no understand how to communicate. But Kenny Kenny in his ego thinking he knows best. Thinking he knows the right thing to do. Not making no moves on his staff when everybody says you gotta you gotta change your staff. You you got 
He's saying, I got the best staff in the country. Like, if you got the best staff in the country, why why is this team sitting 13th right now? If you got yep. the best staff in the country, why are you why are you a first in the press conference? This is year one. I'm just trying to teach you guys what to do. You don't even know what you're doing, y'all. See, I almost um, got um, it, It's just frustrating. Like it is. I I, I guess we got to deal with this to the AC, to the last game where it's going to be the ACC tournament. Weber move Weber support, and we finally got board members finally um sounding out, finally getting frustrated like we are. Hopefully, something can be done before the ACC tur- tournament. Because something got to be done soon. I don't know what it is. But, guys, you got to evaluate this situation better than you are right now. Because yeah. us fans getting tired of this. Um, I know I know the players are probably trying to fight to keep Kenny on this team. But, come on, guys. If you really want to keep Kenny on the team, keep Kenny Should have won some coach, games. Can... Yeah. I feel you, Lawrence, man. I, I sense the frustration in your voice, but you know what? Um, we're going to be back, man. I appreciate the phone call. Louisville basketball will be back. I've, I, I feel it in my soul. I'm speaking it into existence. We still have an extremely knowledgeable, passionate fan base. We are yearning for a, for a winning program, and Louisville basketball will be back. This is not what we're going to have to get used to. Unfortunately, though, for the short term, we're just going to have to grind this bad boy out. 8150-939 is the number. Steve is up next on the Coorsite Louisville Basketball Postgame Show. What's up, Steve? Hey, I appreciate the line, man. Let me let me get in here and vent and get some therapy. Uh, nothing has really changed, and I hate being dang on and out, but here's the thing. This is the worst coach basketball team in the country. We have the worst college basketball coach in the history of the game. And I'll put that out there. If there's anybody left, the, the four supporters left out there, drive yourself nuts and dispute me. Give me the numbers. Call in and dispute it. He's the worst. He's the absolute worst. This team is... Even on the offensive side, we keep saying they're better because it's a little more entertaining to watch now because the yeah. ball's going in. Nothing is fundamentally sound about this. The entry, the entry passes are garbage. The the placement, their hands, their feet, their nothing is coached properly. It's just not. And when you talk about we're a knowledgeable fan base, that just keeps getting chipped away. The more and more this is allowed to continue, and. It's just really watch. You've said the eye test before, and that's this is he's the worst. And I've watched Clyde Drexler lean on the table for forty minutes, and his team won more games. I watched Isaiah Thomas fall asleep on the bench, and he won more games. Kenny Payne is the worst coach in the history of college basketball is the worst hire in the history of college basketball. And I'm not somebody that was against it. I was super excited. I ate up every junk uh, blogger, poster, anybody that had garbage information that all ended up being totally false about KP. But I ate it up. I was excited. And I I, I even defended keeping him 
because I thought, be patient. Let's ride this out. Let's see what happens. Let's see what he does with the, without the malcontents. I like these players. I like the core. You know, I fear that we're not going to get to keep them, but, you know, I do like the players. They're just put in horrible situations, absolutely horrible situations. And I don't trust Josh Hurd. I don't trust this president. I don't trust this board. I don't trust this administration. I don't trust people with money and with power because he's still here. You're not interested in this program getting better because you would have already started the clock. So, Steve, what could could the program do to regain your trust? Simply make that move, even if it comes at the end of the year, if they make a move, you'll have your trust restored? Even then, even then, I still don't. I don't know what what he's going to do. What's he going to go get Villanova's guy that's also a loser, you know, who's got a 40% winning percentage? I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do, and and I, it's not fair to say that well, Brahms, Brahm, and he got Brahm. I mean, that's, you know, how horrible would he a job of he be in right now if he had to go pick a football coach that wasn't Jeff Brahm? Where would we be? Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just that was kind of gifted. So well, no, well, Steve, I, I, I would submit this, man. I think, and I, you know, and I'm with you too. I, you know, I, I would prefer them make a move after we lost the team up the road again. Um, but try, try, try to give the administration another. You know, again, we'll have to grind this out together. But I do think at the end of the year, and we have a new coach in place. I think, I think, and again, I don't have any insight on this, but I just, I just feel it that I feel like. The vast majority of the fan base it will have a collective sigh of relief, and then we'll also have a little bit of quiet confidence that this thing is going to get turned around a lot faster, and Louisville basketball is going to get back to what we know and love a lot faster than we think because it's so bad right now. And, and that's that's another. I don't want to keep eating up time. I mean, that's another thing with like Kenny, man. Are you not? Do you not know that you're the worst ever to do this? And so we just pulled up Clyde Drexler's numbers, man. Like, I was like, no, I said, maybe, maybe KP's better. You're right, man. Clyde Drexler was 19 and 39 at Houston. His first year, he was 10 and 17. And his last year, he was 9 and 22. So, yes. And overall, yeah, yeah, Clyde's winning percentage was was .327. We are now under the 200s. Um, yeah. uh, with Kenny Payne being 10 and 41. So, and, yeah, and, you're right. And the, glide, and the glide never left the scores table. <laughs> I, mean, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. He didn't even run his own timeouts. So, so it's just that, that part of it is so frustrating is that the, the normalization of losing and the normalization and what's accepted. Like even tonight, there's a buzz. There's a buzz. Oh, man, they played hard. Oh, it's going out and and riding that escalator. It's all oh, oh, it was, well. It was, wasn't as bad as it could be. Like it's slowly yeah. getting chipped away, and in six more weeks of it, what's left? What's left is you know, yeah. and then like I said, what what do we end up with when we strike out? How what's the disaster when we strike out on the first two or three big names? And then Steve, I don't I don't think we will, man. I don't think we'll strike out. I mean, I, I don't think I'm hoping. Have... I'm hoping that I'm yeah. hoping Josh Hurd is playing five D chess. I hope he's strategic. I hope he's got a board and some hidden room, some place you know on campus <laughs> where he's he's killing it. 
and I hope that that's what happens. So, man, I appreciate the line not uh, getting getting negative and, and getting all this out of my off my chest. Yeah, you're not hey, you're not facts. negative when you're speaking facts, man. Uh, appreciate the right, phone man. call. Take it easy. Uh, I looked up Isaiah Thomas's. You know, Steve brought up Clyde Drexler and Isaiah Thomas, um, and. In three years, uh, Thomas lasted three years at FIU. His first year, he went seven and twenty-five. His second year, eleven and nineteen, and then his third year, it was eight and twenty-one. So he was twenty-six and sixty-five overall in his <clears throat> horrendous three-year campaign. But I still think, from a winning percentage perspective, he's those are still better than KP. Like where so, are we even? I mean, we're we're pining for you know we want Isaiah Thomas or Clyde Drexler level success here from head coach. No, 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 yeah, but like I just I looked it up because you know people had said like he is the worst coach, you know the worst coach, worst coaching hire, whatever, and then like you you bring up two names, you know that were notoriously awful, and Kenny Payne's record is worse than those two, so it's just eesh, yikes. I mean, but I think that's where we are. And I think, Spence, to your point and what Steve was saying, people have come so desensitized to all the losing. Like, you know, like, again, how many of us out here that are listening that you're like, you know what, I don't get I don't even get mad anymore. I'm not even frustrated. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the, the most passion I got was like, you know, I took Louisville team total over 67 and a half and it it looked in doubt for a minute. And I'm like, come on y'all, like let's score. I mean, that's the most kind of energetic, engaging part of the game. Like, you know, I, I was, I was certainly, you know, my interest was peaked when they, when they cut the deficit to five, but I also didn't have any thought that Louisville was gonna was gonna find a way to come back and win this game. Like I I knew that I you know I knew they weren't. And on the surface, that's terrible to say, but also it's not when you look at the evidence before us. Oh, I can't. And, you can't tell me you watching that game if you have been watching this before. It's how are we gonna blow this game? Like I mean, we were down five, and it felt like it was like a two point game, just given how this team always plays. Hell, maybe it felt like we had a lead because of how close that game was. But, yeah, to your point, never in doubt they were going to find a way to lose this game. Like, that Miami game is such an anomaly that I don't know how we won still. I mean, I think Louisville Louisville is two factors, honestly. Louisville, I think, I don't know how many threes. I'm going to pull up that box score, man. Louisville was unconscious from three, and then Miami was uncharacteristically cold. Because again, like all of Louisville's opponents, and like we saw in the in the non-conference schedule, all of Louisville's opponents got wide open threes. All of them. They just weren't good and didn't hit them. I mean, I remember Pepperdine. We blew them out, and still Pepperdine could have hit a fair amount of threes. That that game, it wouldn't have mattered because Louisville, from an offensive standpoint, was just better, and they kept making plays. But I just remember. I mean, they had so many wide open looks that just didn't go down. The same thing with UMBC. The same thing with Bellarmine. I mean, they just those teams just weren't very good, and they didn't make their shots. Um, and so, when you're still saying, still having the same issues from a defensive standpoint, and here we are, game twenty upon us on Saturday, it's like, how can anybody feel like things things would get better? But at this point, again, you're splitting hairs. Like, does it matter? 
Like, what's better? You know, in the vast majority of like, what's going to be better is a new coach uh, sometime in, you know, mid to late May. That's what will be better. I'm excited to see. Hopefully the new coach, you know, they have an actual defensive philosophy that we can tell. And maybe you – I don't want to see you necessarily like to overcorrect it, but go with the defensive-minded coach to, so that way when we know they're on defense, they're not going to give up these open threes. And if they do, their ass is on the bench. Yes, right? I mean – if you're going to play more guys, you've been on the record of saying you trust everybody that has a jersey on. All right, well, for as gifted for as gifted as Mike James is offensively, he had a horrendous defensive game today. I mean, again, I mentioned it to Harold or or Lawrence. How many wide open threes did he give give up with his lack of rotations and his lack of closing out? But that's it's not just him. We've seen that from this team. Under Kenny Payne, we saw that last year. We saw it this year. Like, how many times when you're going to try to close out, like, the person doesn't even have their hands up? I mean, that's, that's elementary type of of teaching, of instruction, defensive drills. Like, you're playing – you're more effective defensively when you have a hand up. You're going to alter more shots. But our guys, are if they're not late to rotation, sometimes if they're on time with rotations, their hands aren't up. It's just a mess. 8150-939 is the number. Andy, you're up next on the Coors Light Louisville Basketball Post Game Show. What's going on? Hey, guys. I appreciate y'all doing this. Uh, the last caller kind of helped me lead in. The Isaiah Thomas thing is hilarious because, yeah, I mean, that guy obviously didn't care. He had his head down during the game here, I believe, right? He did that here. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, Andy, we played FIU and, like, yeah, Isaiah Thomas didn't get up off the bench. I mean, Kenny Payne's trying, and he's got a worse record. I, I don't know. Maybe he'd be better if he just sat on the bench and put his head yeah, down. Who knows? Oh, that's a sad state of affairs. Well, listen, I, I always tune into the game still, and I, I'm one of those fans that still listen, and I still listen to you guys, obviously. And I think it's because I, I kind of want to feel this pain. No a pun. No, I don't, it's not. He's not worth the pun. But I kind of want to feel this because I know it's not going to last forever, and once we get back to where we need to be, it's going to feel that much sweeter. You know, even on a trajectory to get back to where we need to be, it's going to feel sweet, you know, watching the rise and watching the rise. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's always darkest before the dawn, I guess. But, but, uh, him talking about Josh Harris and that, and I was talking to my brother the other, the other night, he's a diehard fan. And this thought occurred to me. I said, you know, with all the NIL, maybe you can enlighten me at the end when I'm done here, but with the NIL, you know, is that money just in a pool or is it is it specifically directed towards certain athletes? I'm sure there's different ways to get it and there's different things. What if Josh Hurd, Kenny Payne comes in and he says, uh, yeah, I got Adidas and Nike both in my back pocket. I'm sure Adidas was really thrilled to hear that. Uh, I, don't, I don't really need NIL. I look for character and I want some blah, blah, blah. And Josh Hurt said, "Okay, well, shit, I don't know. Maybe he can. Maybe he can do that. I don't know." So he goes on and he does. He lets him do that. And Josh Hurt just pushes all that nil to football. And and Jeff Brom, say what you will, gift wrapped, whatever. But hey, if Tom Church was here, Jeff Brom would not be our coach right now. Let's face correct. So Josh Hurt got him in, and maybe he saw the writing on the wall and said, ah, "Pretty early, this Kitty Pay thing ain't gonna work." 
Yeah. What's the best way I mean, to you make would, that you revenue? would think. Yeah, you would I mean, think, football, man. Football drives the bus, right? So he can yeah. say, hey, man, I can put the basketball program on pause if I can get us in a 12-team playoff next year. That'll make up for that money. That'll make up for all those empty seats. And then then we go out and we get ourselves a basketball coach and we we use that football money to boost up our basketball. I, I think he might be crazy like a fox. He can't come out and say that stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, man, I, 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 mean, I don't know how, and I, I have no idea how it works. I don't know if anybody really knows how it works. Do you, can you enlighten me on that at all? Yeah, so the, my understanding is the 502 circle is basically kind of paired with the football program. Now, there, there are options to earmark donations for specific things. Um, but, again, like you mentioned it, too. I mean, Kenny Payne was slow to embrace fully NIL, and he was talking about, you know, I want, you know, I want high character kids. I want kids that want to be here. Then we can talk about NIL. I'm like, no, coach, that's not how that works. I mean, but but the university, the university has to be getting more NIL than just from the 502 group. There has to be a lot of individuals that can provide NIL, right? I mean, does it have to go through the 502? I don't think so, but I'm not, but I'm not a hundred percent certain as well. I know that the 502 is the main 502 circle is the main catalyst for football. But I think, yeah, I mean, if a fan wanted to make, you know, a, a random donation or earmark for a specific program, I don't know necessarily if it has to go through 502 Circle. It might. I mean, that legislation and the rules and regulations are changing uh, seemingly like every month. So that could be the case. But, yeah, I mean, your, your point's valid. Um, you know, with, with the success of the football program, you know, and I think, too, I think part of, part of Hurd's thinking is, you know, we'll give them this the rest of this year. Um, you know, still there was still scuttlebutt that they would move on. You know, after the half, you know, after the the annual loss of the team up the road. But I still think, though, know, now if you're going to give them the rest of this year, then nobody can sit there and say he needs more time, because he was yeah. shown that he would have failed in two seasons back to back. And and for anybody worried about him getting to year three, I, I've said this uh, said this last week on the post game at LSL. I'm sure. Louisville's not going to bring back a coach that would be responsible for back-to-back seasons that would be among two of the worst in the history of Louisville basketball's modern era. I mean, they just wouldn't. They're not going to be. He's not going to get brought back because they're that bad. Unless he wanted to quit, (laughs) and 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 he's an implant, and the conspiracy theory goes a lot further than some people think it already is. But uh, I. Yeah, I, don't, I think he has a lot more to lose by firing him now, especially from a PR standpoint and local ties and all that good stuff. And he does let him – it doesn't change anything at the end of the day. We're not going to get to the tournament if David Padgett comes coaches, although I do think we would be better if they oh, did yeah. a couple things. Got Lieberman and Padgett in there. I think I, 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 nobody could really do worse. I, I just don't think anybody really could. And, 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 you know, I'm one of those people too. I feel like a hypocrite when Petrino came back because I wanted Petrino back. I kind of feel like a hypocrite when Mac came in. I thought Mac was a home run. I don't feel like a hypocrite. That just didn't work out. Uh, and Kenny is the same way. Yeah, I think it's because we all wanted to. We all wanted it to happen. Yeah. Nothing against I mean, the everybody man, went, Andy, when he was first hired, everybody wanted him to be successful because that would mean Louisville was successful. And yeah. then, but then yeah. some some fans, as opposed to others, saw the red flags and was like, oof, okay. 
I mean, I don't know about you, but I saw that first the game against Leanne Rimes, and I was like, oh, man, this, this oh, is yeah. – if this counted, this could be the worst loss in like 50, 60 years. I mean, it was that yeah. bad. And then, you know, then here comes 0-9, you know, Maui, you get blown out, and it's just like I was already off uh, the Kenny Payne train, you know, probably – after that Maui trip or after we lost the three more games after Maui. Yeah, man, I was off. I, I was off. Yeah, but time. I still wanted him. I still wanted to finish out his first year. Yeah. And I was surprised. I was surprised he was back and that they didn't fire anybody on the staff. I was certainly surprised about that. But even then I got excited about the recruits. I did. I mean, you know, when we were here, those you're days, a fan. Yeah, you're everybody a fan, was man. excited. Everybody, but I mean, but they had high numbers and stuff too, right? So, I mean, it wasn't like it was a, like these guys were worth getting excited about. They were, you know, for a lot of them, there's a lot of schools after them, right? I'm not wrong about that. Yeah. And, right. and it, it, it I, I think, I really think her was just like, you know what? I can get a home run of football. I can push all this through. I can hire Kenny Payne back, save it from a PR disaster, save it from having the go out and spend money on a new coach and buy him out and I'll just keep his NIL money and push it to football, baby, and get it going. <laughs> and we're gonna yeah. sell out probably damn near every game next season. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm with you. So Andy hey, thanks man. for the phone call, man. Appreciate you it. Do. I appreciate yeah, your work, man. Go cards. Yes, sir. Thanks, Andy. <clears throat> yeah, man. I just think again, if you you know, wanted um, the administ- the administration to make a move, uh, at, you know, during the Christmas break. Lost the team up the road. I certainly get it. But I think now, I mean, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. It's not, you know, some secret that he's going to be here for the, re- the remainder of the season, regardless of how many games they win or lose. Then I think then you, you know, the hope is, at least for me, that, the negotiated settlement is all but worked out, and then so you can so you can part ways because remember, it technically doesn't drop another two million till March 31st. Well, you know if you're wanting to to really hit the ground running, which is something that this staff hasn't done, didn't do, then you're going to have to get a guy in place. Um, you know you can maybe not a couple days after the ACC tournament because, you know, let's be honest, we want our next coach to be in the NCAA tournament themselves, making a run in their conference tournament. So if that's the case, then we have to be a little bit more patient because we want, you want to get the right person. I'm hopeful that there's going to be, um, you know, a variety of candidates that's vetted. You know, we're not going to zero in on one person. Um, you know, I hope that we hear a bunch of names. I mean, and if you if you follow this coaching search, if you follow any you know scuttlebutt tidbit of information, you know there's other names. You know there's sev- there's been several names that have been out there. That's the fun part of it. That's the fun. Um, you know, you get to dream a little bit. And hopefully, this is the last coaching search that we to do for the next yes. you know twenty years or so. Just put a number put a number of years on it. Hopefully, we don't have another coaching search for a long time. Because I don't know about you, I'm Ethan, but. You. I do not like doing coaching search radio. It's just because that means the team is down, the team's terrible, and more often than not, like especially Louisville basketball, we're firing the coach. It's not like football where in the past those coaches were taking a job that was elevating their status, and it was like, okay, right. you have to take that job. So that's what right. I hope for this next coach. Is this a guy that 
I don't care what the age of the coach is. If it's a 50-year-old guy or if it's like a 34-year guy, as long as he can coach basketball and they can be here for the long-term future. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm with you, man. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, let's uh, let's get you caught up with today's top 25 scores that is brought to you by the UPS Jobs Top 25 Scoreboard. Shift your future at UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobs.com. We have several top 25 games um, in action tonight and that have gone final. Creighton, number 17, the Blue Jays beat Xavier's 85-78. to Number two, Purdue, all over Michigan, 82-52. to Of course, uh, number 12, Duke, beats our Louisville Cardinals, 83-69. to Texas, a uh, Louisville opponent this past November, upset number 11, Oklahoma, in Norman, 75-60. to Number 16, Dayton, beats the Explorers of LaSalle, 66-54. And currently in Provo, Utah, number four, Houston, leads number 21, BYU, 66-60. to 60. So, that's your top 25 update there. Um, one score, I don't know why it didn't come up, Spence. Um, oh, uh, I could not forget about this. The number six ranked team, uh, the school up the road. Gets blasted by the South Carolina Gamecocks, 79-62. to Yikes. Uh, yeah, absolutely love to see it. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but my math says that 17 is more than 14. So, actually, Louisville is the winner today in the state, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, mark that down. January 24, 23rd, excuse me, Louisville won the state. <laughs> this is where we are as a program. It's pathetic. Yeah, yeah, it is. But you know what? I'll, I'll, um, I'll bask in a in a, in a loss with the team up the road uh, any day. Man, it wasn't even close. Uh, the Gamecocks. All right, they're sixteen and three now. Uh, and Spence, yeah, that's uh, Coach Lamont Paris. That's his second year at South Carolina. Yeah, he's got, he's got his squad at sixteen and three. His hmm. first year, they won eleven games, which that's more than Kenny's won in two years. But. I just feel like I was so it was kind of jokingly we were texting back and forth this person and they're like Louisville should hire Lamont Paris I was like that is just screams Billy Clyde like for that move to Lexington where it's like oh you beat the Louisville so let's hire you but I mean he's doing a great job at South Carolina I hope he sticks out for a while there because he's got that program in the right direction yeah I mean I certainly hope that um the Louisville the next the next Louisville coach has to have NCAA tournament experience and you know yeah I'm with you like one year of really good basketball I mean 16 and 3 at South Carolina you know of course the the Gamecocks came in at 15 and 3 before this win they weren't even ranked at 15 and 3 so um, now they improved to 16 and 3 and uh, the team up the road falls to 14 and 4 you absolutely hate to see it tongue in cheek Number 13, Wisconsin goes on the road and beats Minnesota 61-59. to And that is your UPS Jobs Top 25 scoreboard. Shift your future at UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobs.com. There's also, Spence, a host of <clears throat> ACC basketball contests going on right now as well. So, 
we'll get you caught up with that scoreboard and the standings. Uh, right now, currently in Blacksburg, Boston College and Virginia Tech, the Hokies with a five-point edge with three minutes and 49 seconds left to go, 68-63 there. Florida State, uh, impressive road win at Syracuse. The Knolls, 85-69, to winners over the Orange. And Spence, I don't know if you heard this, man, but like on LSL a couple weeks ago, I made a proclamation that Louisville would beat Florida State at home on February 3rd. And then the Knolls have now, I believe they've won like at least six out of the last eight, maybe seven out of the last nine games. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if my prediction's going to uh, come to fruition. Yeah, so about Leonard Hamilton, he just does just enough to keep his job because the last couple of years for Florida State, I know it's been really down um, given you know success he's had at Florida State, but he's doing just enough to keep another year if he wants it. Yeah. And he never ages. That is true, too. Pittsburgh. Uh, they beat Duke this past Saturday. They go on the road in Atlanta, takes on, take on Georgia Tech, beat the Yellow Jackets 72-64. to Pitt improves to 12-7 and on the year. Georgia Tech falls to 9-10. and We're going to look at your ACC standings. Uh, your ACC standings are brought to you by Kelly, the employment solution experts. Visit kellyjobs.com. And Spence, um, I hate it, man. Just like last year, unfortunately, we know who's in dead last. I hate it, but that's that's uh, them's is the cards. That is in the cards, unfortunately. Yet again, North Carolina leads the way. The only undefeated team in the ACC at eight and zero. The aforementioned Seminoles of Florida State are an impressive 6-2 and two. Um, in the league. Uh, Duke improves to 5-2, and two, as is in-state rival NC State. Wake Forest is 5-3. and three. Virginia, Louisville's next opponent, is 4-3 and three and 13-5 and overall. Syracuse is 4-4. Four and four. Clemson, Miami, and Virginia Tech are all 3-5. and five. Pitt is three and five. Boston College and Notre Dame are two and six, and uh, two and five, excuse me. And Georgia Tech is two and six. So, and Louisville's one and seven. Uh, you look at next to that, one twenty-five winning percentage in conference play, and a three sixteen winning percentage overall. Yikes. Louisville is just one of three teams in the ACC with losing records. Notre Dame is seven and eleven. Georgia Tech is nine and ten, and Louisville, as we mentioned, losers of four straight, are six and thirteen. Currently, they are two twenty-two in the net. I don't know, Spencer. If you if you've handicapped the ACC, how many NCAA tournament teams do you think that this league gets this year? Probably like three. And I don't even know, like, like North Carolina, Duke, I think, are given. And then I don't even know who else at this point. Like, Florida State, they're good. Um, like NC State, Wake NC Forest, State, maybe. Wake. I mean, if Wake shoots like they did against Louisville, they'll be in the tournament. But it's UNC, Duke, and whoever wins the AC tournament if it's not those two. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, man. I mean – uh, Virginia, maybe. Um, let's we'll take a look at that. Uh, UNC is sixth in the net 
Duke is 19th. Florida State is 92. NC State is 79. Wake Forest is 44. UVA is 47. Syracuse is 68. Clemson is 33. Miami 64. Virginia Tech 51. That's odd enough because Louisville, right, they, they had to. They had to just break Miami's season. Yeah, it's like Clemson last year. Yeah, the Canes are just three and four in league play, twelve and six overall. They are sixty fourth in the net now. They're not even in the tournament. I mean, we were, we were, and again, that was still a good win for Louisville. But we were, we were saying, hey, you just beat an NCAA tournament team on the road. Now they're on the outside looking in. They're good. They have a lot of work to do. And then for Virginia on Saturday coming to town, if they want to make the NCAA tournament, like you can't lose to Louisville. Well, also you said they have like three or four. Double digit and maybe even twenty plus point losses on the road, and that's not going to get you in the tournament. Like if you lose yeah. to Louisville, it's basically a death knell at that point. But they're on the outside looking, and I have to imagine right now for Tony Bennett and company. So right now, again, the Who's we'll, we'll go ahead and scout them briefly before we wrap up the show. They're thirteen and five. They did just pick up their first road win this past Saturday, beating Georgia Tech seventy-five to sixty-six. They play NC State at home tomorrow night at 7. Um, so here are their losses. Um, on the road, um, they let's see, they did beat West Virginia on the road, so they have two road wins. I was mistaken. One win in conference. So they lost at Memphis, 77-54. They lost at Notre Dame, 76-54. They lost at NC State. 76 to 60, and then they lost at Wake Forest, 66 to 47. Yeah, losing to so, Louisville and Notre Dame the same year, like this year, because both those te- programs are down, not a good look. Like, that's what we no, knew yeah. last time around. They're going to beat Louisville because they just got blasted by Notre Dame. They're not going to lose two games in a row. And I think, what was it, like a 24 point loss two weeks ago? I think it's mm-hmm. closer ish. But it's not – rinse and repeat. Like, you lost by double digits to Virginia. I'm predicting that right now. Ooh, okay. So, not even taking – like, would you take Louisville if this was similar to tonight? Tonight was like 14. I would take Virginia. Okay. Uh, we talked about um, that Texas game, and, of course, Louisville lost on, on that buzzer beater, 81-80. to 80. Looking at the box score, Spence – uh, because there was something I, I remember, there was a glaring three-point stat um, that I wanted to bring up, if I can, if I can find it. So Texas from three, and Texas is usually a very good three-pointing, three-point shooting team. They went two of seventeen from from three-point range. They got a lot of open looks that that just didn't fall. Louisville, on the other hand, the Cards, we were a solid seven of sixteen from. From three, that's what you know. Alone, if you want to pinpoint stats, that was something that allowed them to stay in the game um, to have a chance <clears throat> to win that one. And of course, now uh, Spence, you talk about bad losses. Louisville, one of just three DePaul victims this year. They just recently fired their coach. Uh, the Blue Demons are winless and dead last in the Big East, three and fifteen overall, zero and seven in Big East play. And that's one of your losses. I mean, you just can't lose to teams like DePaul, Arkansas State. I mean, you get blown out by a very mediocre Virginia team. Uh, you know, a mediocre 
uh, NC State team. Pitt's playing well, but again, they're not even in the tournament either. So I think right now you're looking at three teams potentially, you know, Duke, UNC, Clemson. Uh, but Clemson has some work to do as well because they're three and four in conference play. So yeah, it's going to be a bit. Down. It's going to be a bit thief that just wins the conference tournament if it's not UNC and Duke. Like if that's the final, then you may just only get two teams this year, which it sucks for this conference that this you know historically great brand might only get two, maybe three teams in the tournament this year, and that's why I think it, you know it's paramount that you know Louisville nails this higher and gets right back to the pinnacle again. Yeah, man, and, and make no mistake, if you hire the right person, Louisville can win and win right away. Um, now, what does that look like? I don't know. I mean, I'm always going to be of the mindset that Louisville needs to make the tournament. I mean, that's just I'll, I'll never go away from that. I didn't when Mack was the hire. I didn't when Payne, you know, when Payne was the hire for at least his second year. Um, and, and that's going to be the expectation going forward. And, again, the fan base is just yearning for some sort of success that we can latch on to. Um, but that's not coming with this staff, and that's not coming um, um, anytime soon. It's it, it's going to have to come with a new coaching hire. We talked about NIL earlier in the show. You know, you want you want to get some infusion of NIL money, man. You get the right coach, and you can raise a lot of funds rather quickly, and we can get back. Uh, to being nationally relevant because we've been down too long, but make no mistake, man, we're going to be back. And we're going to be back with a vengeance. That'll do it for us tonight. We appreciate everybody. Spence, there's nobody else on the line. I don't think there is. I don't want to cut anybody off if they're wanting to get at us. Phone lines are um, are done now. So I want to thank everybody for staying up with us to, you know, talk Louisville basketball. You know, it's a bummer that once again we're talking about another loss. Another double-digit loss, falling to 1-7 and seven in ACC play. But brighter days are ahead. We're just going to have to grind this out together for the next several weeks. But better days are ahead. Make no mistake about it. I want to thank Spencer Brown for producing this effort, keeping us on the air. He will podcast this bad boy here shortly. I'm Ethan Moore. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And until next time, go Cards! Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.